All right, we're thrilled to bring you episode one of Prospects Perspective. Uh, I'm Tipsy Tailgate Media. And I'm in that's baseball. Uh, you can call me Jacob. Yep, and I'm Aiden from Tipsy Tailgate Media. And uh, we're bringing you this podcast for the up-and-coming prospects, minor leaguers in baseball, the guys who are grinding it out uh, every day to try to make it to the big leagues. And uh, we're excited to bring you this. It's our first episode, like I said. Um, Please check us out, uh, Tipsy Tailgate Media on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and then And That's Baseball on YouTube and Twitter. Um, great videos, great baseball content, and other sports coming too. But without further ado, we are happy to introduce our guest, Matthew Batten, AAA player for the El Paso Chihuahuas uh, in the Padres minor leagues. Batten is leading the Chihuahuas and is second in the entire Pacific Coast League in runs scored. He has a 298 average batting average and at the time of this recording nine home runs 28 runs batted in and a team leading 921 ops uh batten has played with the likes of robinson cano luke voigt no more mazara and many more matt welcome to the show yeah guys thank you for having me all right so uh first of all just like tell us about about yourself tell us about your baseball career how long you've been playing like what position you play anything else you want to touch on uh so i've just been playing a while i went to quinnipiac Got drafted in the 32nd round after my senior year. I only played shortstop there, but now I play uh, all over, which has turned out might be the easiest way or the best way for me to hopefully get to the big leagues, not mm-hmm. just playing one position, but playing as many as I can. So embracing that and just going through the grind. All right, awesome. Uh, so my first, my first real question I'm going to get into now is it's based on your power swing. So in 2019, 2021, you had six homers each year and you had you had uh, over 350 at bats in both those seasons. Right now you have nine homers and, and under 200 at bats. So so where this power come from? I think it's just adjustments with the swing that you go through every year. And it's also a comfort thing at any level, whenever you start higher level, whether that be high school, college or even professional, whatever power is always a thing that comes last. So it's never something I was worried about. And it's never something that I stress either, but it's nice to have that uh, tool in my bag right now. But I think it's just becoming uh, comfortable with this higher level of baseball. All right. So to follow up on that, uh, we've heard all about the we've heard about all these analytics, uh, launch angle and stuff like that. And all these these biomechanic labs that these teams have now. Has that played into you developing your swing over the years? Uh, yes and no. I try to. I'm big on feeling out my own swing because none of that's in the box with you. You have to be able to adjust pitch to pitch or know what you want to feel. But mm-hmm. I do pay attention to some of these metrics to make sure that I'm either on plane, I'm giving myself the best chance to do damage in the box. So, yes and no, I'm not too worried about uh, what the numbers say. I'm more result-based and feel-based, but mm-hmm. it's definitely good to have an exact number you could put to certain things to know you're either doing well or something you need to adjust with. Yeah. So uh, right now, as Aiden mentioned earlier, you're leading the team in runs scored and you're hitting nearly 300, or you're hitting over 300 now, I think, right? So uh, is that something that you keep up with throughout the season? Do you look at your stats or is that something you don't really, you try not to worry about? Uh, no, I try to individualize each game, but I mean, there's big jumbotrons at every stadium, so you know what you're hitting, you know what you're doing. But uh, try not to worry about it too much because there's going to be hot streaks, there's going to be cold streaks, so you just try to limit the lows and just keep going. But yeah, I do see it, but I don't put too much pressure onto it. 
So uh, when you look, like, if you end up do like at the end of the year, let's say you look at your numbers, what, what's the first number you're looking at? Like, what's the first statistic you think you, you take into consideration? Uh, either on base or OPS, one of those two. Okay. Just know, which is how I'm, because I'm a run scorer. I'll drive into some runs too, but I'm more get on base for other guys to drive mm-hmm. in. So if I have a high on base and with a combination of stolen bases or power, that's more, most of what I'm concerned about. Yeah, I mean, I, I was the same way in high school. I hit 340 my senior year, uh, not to flex or anything, but uh, so but, all right, let's get let's get back to the the good players here. Uh, so you you've played with guys like Robbie Cano now, Luke Voy on a rehab, uh, Nomar Mazzara, CJ CJ Abrams. Like, what's that been like to to be around these type of guys, learn from them? Uh, it's cool, especially guys like especially like. Nomar Mazar is one of the best guys I've gotten to meet in pro ball. He's just he's just an awesome person on top mm-hmm. of a great player. So watching him, his attitude and his preparation was something special. Same with Luke Voigt, even though that was quick one series rehab. You just watch how he goes about his business. But then there's levels to this stuff. And Cano's in a world of his own. The guy, mm-hmm. you know, get 2,600 hits in the big leagues on accident. So watching him talking to him go about his stuff is it's cool it's special you really can't put a price on it or you can't put a value on it because it's yeah nothing nothing outweighs experience yeah i saw the other day uh you were hitting right after cano and i was like that, that's got to be a special thing to see like look up the lineup card and see like a robbie cano and then your own name like that's probably awesome wild yeah the hitting coach did that to me as a guy i never thought this would happen but <laughs> here we are uh, one more thing real quick uh the uh with Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt was obviously there for rehab assignment. I feel like that's sort of that's got to be one of the guys that you look up to as like a model for how you want to look at your career because he was in the minors for a long time. He grinded it out forever, and when he finally made it, he he took the opportunity uh, and made the most of it. So is that like is is there guys like that that you look to and you're like I want to be like him when I get my opportunity? Yeah, definitely style applies. Like I could appreciate that he put his nose down and worked and. Obviously, he was in the minors for a while, but it's more style of play. Certain guys I like watching okay. that I think I could be like or whatnot. Like, I definitely respect and appreciate Luke Voigt, but we definitely have yeah. different styles of play. All right, who would you say that's uh, that you look up to the most then and in, in currently in MLB? Uh, there's a few. I like uh, – I've always liked Kike Hernandez just for his ability to bounce around. I mm-hmm. like Chris Taylor with the Dodgers and uh, – I always like David Fletcher. He just seems like a grinder. Yeah, all these, all these utility guys. guys. All these guys play some defense, hit for an average. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Um, I think those are really good, great comparisons to kind of base your career off of as well. Um, but let's get to the hard hitting questions. What do you uh, think? What do you think about the SpongeBob jerseys? No, well, you get used to them. minor leaguers. We get thrown in everything. We don't really worry about how we look. Believe it or not, those jerseys fit better, so I don't mind the novelty <laughs> jerseys. But uh, I grew up watching SpongeBob a little bit, so I could appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, and going off that, I know that the Chihuahuas especially um, have, you know, crazy uniforms. Between the SpongeBob, the Chihuahua face on the jersey, the margaritas, whatever it is, what's your favorite jersey that you've ever worn? Um, I think I like it just like a classic home black. It has just a picture of like a howling chihuahua. And it's pretty simple. I don't like anything too crazy. Margaritas are not my favorite uh, by any means. 
Um, love to hear that. So uh, going into the next question, who's the best player you've played with or toughest pitcher you've played against um, who kind of gave you the most challenges? Um, so the best pitcher I faced that gave me the most trouble would be uh, Dustin May. He's with mm -hmm. the Dodgers now, but his stuff just moves a ton and all mm -hmm. of it's very firm. So you have very little time to decide whether to go or not. And before you know it, it's 98 running down your hands or a 91 mile an hour slider breaking off. So that was the toughest. And I would say the best player I played with would be uh, Tatis. He's just, he was always special in double A. Even mm. everything he did was just, you could tell that his tools were a little different than everyone else's. Yeah. So you had, you had time playing with Tatis, you said? Yeah, in double A in 2018, I think. Could you go into a little bit more emphasis on just how that experience was, just so our viewers, I mean, that's obviously Tatis, one of the greatest players in the in MLB at, at the moment, obviously battling, uh, recovering from an injury right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is obviously young him before he blew up, but like, I don't think anyone was surprised by that. But he just, he always had that like joy for playing the game. He always played hard. And like I said, it's just, he just did everything different. I don't know. It's tough to put into words. He just, the way he'd run on the line was different. His power was different. And there's always those, there's always like that one guy in every organization, I guess that's like that. And that was him for us. So it was just cool to see up close. I have another question to follow up on that. Did you, did you ever play with the Franchi Cordero? Uh, quickly in 2019, not very long. Cause I heard like, based on what I've heard about, obviously he's had a bunch of injuries and stuff, but like when he was in the minors when he was coming up, like people saw him as like a freak uh, down there, but obviously he's, he's had to take the long way because of the injuries and he's doing pretty well with the Red Sox right now. So I just wanted to see if that's something that you've, that you've seen personally. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him, I think he was in El Paso for a month in 2019 or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And you could tell he had incredible power. Mm -hmm. He was hitting balls where no one else was able to get to uh, hit him. So, but I didn't, unfortunately, get too much time with him. Actually, I have a quick question off of that as well. Um, so, no more Mazar. I think he's hit a top five furthest ball ever recorded in the Sackest era, just under 500 or maybe over five. Maybe five. Yeah, I think they gave him like 504 or something on that. Yeah. Um, have you, who's the hard, the farthest ball you've ever seen hit? Was it him? And like, how often was that? How, how does that work? Oh, uh, luckily in El Paso, it's definitely a hitter-friendly ballpark, so mm -hmm. you see a lot of them go pretty far. Uh, I'd say a gentleman on our team this year, he just left, unfortunately, Adelan Rodriguez. He's hit balls that, like, places I've never seen him go. A lot of guys clear the doghouse in right field in El Paso. There's no one that sticks out, but there's plenty of guys. Brent Rooker's another one that could really get him out there. Yeah. All right, so uh... – I want to talk about you now. So you were drafted. You obviously mentioned you were drafted in the 32nd round. The draft is only 20 rounds now. So you're not, you're a guy who's not supposed to make it. You're a guy who's supposed to fill a minor league roster spot. But you, at this point, you're like right on the precipice. It, like, is there any tips you have for guys that have to go through that grind to get, to get to that upper minors uh, and to get big league consideration? Do you have any tips for that, for those other guys? I uh, just work. There's no replacement. There's no shortcuts. You just, Mm -hmm. especially someone like that on, I knew I had to do more than everyone else. So kind of seeing what all like at the time, the prospects did, I knew I had to do twice as much. So I could just kind of take that mindset and all my work, whether it be in season or off season, I was just going to make sure I did more than everyone to try to be prepared. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, that just describes the grind of the the minor leagues so well. Um, and then also, I mean, another obstacle that you've had to face, the COVID season shut down all of the minors. Uh, what did you do, do during that year to keep yourself prepared, keep yourself ready, get better? Uh, so I'm lucky. I have a, a facility I work at in the offseason that takes really good care of me called Technique Tigers Baseball Academy. So I would obviously train there. They have a full, like, very nice weight room. And then on top of that, the normal gym I go to, Pulaski Strength, was uh, taking care of me, keeping me ready. But then I also coached to stay around the game. I coached a 13-year team. So I got to hang out, hang out with some young guys and mm. see if I have a future in coaching or not. But it was actually – it was fun. I, I would have rather been playing, but they those kids definitely helped me get through it. All right. So I, I got to head out in a couple of minutes, but I got a couple – I got two more questions for you. First one – is so I just went to a, a YouTubers versus a pros game down North Carolina. I played against the Burlington Sock Puppets and I swung a wooden bat for the first time. Was that like a big jump to go from to go from college ball with the metal bats to 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 pro ball with the wood bats? Was that something that you like had to adjust to? Uh, not really, because in the summers in college, the leagues mm-hmm. that I, they would send us to, we used wood. So I guess it was a little bit of an adjustment, but you don't notice it too much. Yeah, all I know is catching a ball off the hands hurts. It does. It does. It's extra motivation to find the barrel. <laughs> All right. And then my, my last question for you is uh, we've heard a lot of talk about like the, the balls changing, the juice balls, all that. Have you noticed uh, throughout your time in the minors, uh, have, have the balls felt different coming off the bat some years than others? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. In 19, I feel like they flew a little more. In 21, they weren't nearly fine as much. And then this year they're kind of neutral. But uh, yeah, I think they've been changing. But I'm not sure. It's above my pay grade. Um, awesome. I think that's I think that's all the questions we have for you. Uh, thank you for your time, Matt. Is there anything that you want to tell the audience or plug about you or your team? No, I just appreciate having you guys on. So or having me on. So it was nice meeting you and very fun chopping it up with you. Thank you, man. Right. Um, uh, Prospects Perspective. This is episode one. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe, like the video, check us out, uh, the Tipsy Tailgate Media, and and that's baseball on all socials. Links will be in the, the description. Um, thank you again, and uh, we'll see you guys next episode.